Howdy folks, it is March 9th, 2012. I'm Skip Ruddertail, your Otter Editor. This is the Bad Dog Book Club, and with me as always is... Toonses, the, uh, the driving cat. Very confident, Toonses. Well, I know what I do. Yeah, you know what you do? I know what I do. I know okay. what I do. And we have a very special guest with us who may weigh in or as, you know, as much as he wants. Uh, who is? Um, Whistle, the Otter. Another much. otter. Two otters. Uh, I think he wanted to, uh, to put in a disclaimer. Tunes uh, uh, has wanted to remind folks that this is usually an adult-themed podcast. No, I want to remind people all the time that it's always an adult-themed podcast. Make sure that you are you know, legally an adult in your jurisdiction, wherever that may yep. be. This, you know, podcasts are worldwide, so we need to be careful about that. <laughs> no, it does, uh, I just think we are an adult podcast. Toons has used the word the word donger quite often, and so if you're not comfortable with donger, <laughs> this is not the podcast for you. If, That's if, what he's trying to if say. If you're dong sensitive, <laughs> I don't think we'd be here if we weren't. <laughs> uh, yes. Anyway, so uh, we're we're happy to be here. Uh, we are discussing this week Ronnie Callan's story, Fox News. And you read it for us, I believe. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, we were talking before this show about your good recording habits. Because, you know, I... I've, I have awful recording habits. Why are we talking to me about this? I have made criticized you in the past, I confess, for uh, your recording habits. You know, fiddling with your zipper. Right. You know, on his shirt. On his hoodie. On his hoodie. <laughs> just want to be clear about that. Skip always makes these dirty jokes. I'm you know, just pointing out. They don't <laughs> want people to assume anything untowards. Uh... You know, so your zipper, you know, clicking a pen, you know, setting your drink down, all that stuff. And, and you always like, oh, you can hear that on the microphone? And I go, yes, you can hear that. So Andrew Rabbit over at, you know, they have a podcast at Rabbit Valley pointed out something very obvious to me. He's like, you know, now that you have given Toons's, you know, built this nice computer for him. No. Next time he records something, you should make him edit it himself. So he gets to hear how it all sounds. Okay. And I think that's a good idea. I, I think that would be cool. I think that would be I cool. I think that would be cool I'm because I think the environmental sounds add to it. That's my opinion. Oh, okay. Well, the next time you record something for the show, I'm making you edit it, which is usually what our recording artists do. They edit their own, then they shoot it onto me. So next time... Yeah, but I'm not competent. I'm not, I'm not doing that for you next time. I'm just laying it out there right now. All right, sure. We'll make sure it gets done badly. Okay. I'll check it. I mean, I'll criticize you if you screw it up, but I'm not I'm doing sure it. Sure, you will. <laughs> so I think this is what episode twenty six B, right? Of the Bad Dog Book Club. Mm, I guess so. You the one that counts. I am the one that counts poorly. But uh, yes, this is episode twenty six. One thirteenth of our episodes yeah. dedicated to Ronnie Callan. That's yeah. This is the second time in the podcast, so that's cool. We're like, we've had a couple people return now. So that's kind of neat. We're starting to get a little repeat business because we've been going about a year. So that's that's nice. Um, and I don't know. Where do we want to start with this story? Because it's a little bit unconventional. Let's in a start few with ways. politics. Let's start with politics. All right. Because, right. I mean, when, when you hear a story, something called Fox News, what's the first thing you think of? Fox you News. You think of Fox fucking News. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, because it's called Fox News, right? And the whole part is like, oh, the Fox and the Fox News. Okay. 
And it's clearly like a cable news channel that they work at, right? Yes. I mean, we agree That's here. That's my inference. Yeah. It's not some other kind of like cable channel, right? I mean, right. You don't you don't get the impression that it's like uh, a fashion network or like a, a documentary uh, mm-hmm. show network. It's a news network. Uh, but I have on good authority from the author that we can't talk about politics because it's not about politics. Well, I think that that's, but I think that kind of makes the point though, is that the story is not about politics and yet it's called Fox News, you know, and, and what, why then call it Fox News? And I think that's a good question to ask if the story is explicitly not. And I'd agree with the author, you know, except for the title, the story really isn't particularly political. Um, so that's a good place to start. Why call it Fox News again then? Because it's the silly pun, and it's it embedded. It's pun. it's embedded in your mind. So I think he's just trying to light up that recognition sector. I think that silly pun, though. I think you're right, and that's what I would say is kind of the entry point to the story, or sets the tone for this story. Once you realize it's not political, right? You know, then you go back to why is it called this, and why is it called this? Well, it's silly, that's and I it. think that's integral. You know, or it's it's humorous, and I think that's kind of integral to. How the show works. I just wanted to note that there is actually something else is that there apparently there's I thought I thought you mentioned something about there only being foxes or fox sort of related and um well there is that point, yeah, there is this little discussion that actually takes place within the text of the story about canids. Yeah. And they're like, Oh, we're we're not canids, but we're like canids and, and his boss I guess is a coyote. At the start of the story. Yeah, but it's mostly fox eye, right? So there's this clearly, yeah, but there is this kind of explicitly, you know, everybody here is foxy or Kennedy. This is Fox News, rather obviously. Right, and it's, you know, right, is it news for foxes? Or news by foxes for foxes? Just the They're by foxes on the Fox News. Well, you you know, the ladies on Fox News are pretty foxy. No. If you think about I, I don't, I'm not going that far. Well, you think that, but what's part of their mark, whole marketing gimmick is they hire attractive women I'm, to read the I'm news. I'm waiting for one of, you remember like, do you Indiana never watch Jones Fox News? In the Last Crusade, like I'm waiting for one of them to age 200 years in about 10 seconds one day to, <laughs> you know, wither away into dust right there. I'm like, oh, back to Bob in the studio. You know? like, well, I'm pretty funny. sure it's going to happen. Uh, well, that's just mean. That's vicious. Well, that's, no, I mean, it, Fox News what is I mean, an important outlet in this country mm-hmm. for yes. you know strong conservative thought, which needs you know a a a, a, um, a megaphone in this country, which has nothing to do with this story though. I mean that's the thing; it's it's gay sex going on in the story. So the story is very anti Fox News, isn't it? Yeah, I guess they're anti-gay agenda. Well, yeah, I think Fox News has a pretty vitriolic anti-gay agenda usually. So this yeah. is an anti, and I think maybe that's one of the things the story is talking. But they put Shepard Smith too. on TV. Shepard Smith, he's the gay one. From what I've heard, and well, hearing is good enough for me. And here's the thing: what about stories doing a couple? I think interesting things, and one is the you know we had last week we had, or I'm sorry, not last week, but the last episode. We were discussing a hawk wolf story attachments, mm-hmm. and we talked about the fact that even though it's set in this future, maybe not a super distant future, but many de- you know probably decades at least future sort of world, right. 
and they're, you know, dog people, and, uh, you know, they are detaching their limbs. For all of that, you felt kind of the characterization, how people are reacting and responding in the moment is kind of messy and realistic. Right. Um, that it's a very, that how people are behaving is very realistically, we felt, you know, because they aren't behaving in, you know, perfectly predictable, clean ways. You know, they're getting aroused or upset or a mix of all of them together. Right. Um, and, and reacting in very human ways, not to use the H word. Uh, <laughs> and you think this story represents know. the opposite of it, basically. I do. I mean, I think this is almost. It doesn't this is any bear. It offends your sense, your 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 suspension of disbelief from the very first. Yeah, I think that. Well, here's you were talking about very abstract concepts in the last story that were presented in a realistic way, and I think here we're talking about somewhat realistic concepts that are presented in a very abstract way. Okay. So it's almost the opposite mm. thing going on. Right. So um, what's the and abstract the way form? the story, the, the, the porn video, is that the abstract form? It, to an extent, it's it's so over the top and ridiculous. That's exactly what I would have said, but I wouldn't have meant it nicely. But I don't think it's right. But I don't think you can read. I mean, if if you sit down and read the story as if it's realistic, you're not going to enjoy it. I don't think I. I, I don't think it. you can. I don't think you can. I think if you try to do that, it's not going to work for you. I think you have to read the story as this is ridiculous and over the top. And if you can accept that, it's a much more enjoyable story. If you accept that, what's the message of the story? I don't mm. know if that's a good question. Um, so you think there's like a, there's like a point to the silliness, basically, what, not to the silliness, but like to the sort of outrageous, you know, news trying putting up basically what what is a porn video um something there's something about how ridiculous that is that makes a point and he keeps saying well the thing that really gets me is he keeps saying we can show it if we show it in prime time like what no that doesn't make wait wait okay you can show porn if you show it in i think that okay i will say i think that is he's using the wrong term he's meaning what would be after prime time in the u.s or in england they call it they call it after the watershed which is, you know, like in England, it's, um, and, and Ronnie's Canadian, so maybe it's the same there. I'm not sure. I don't know enough about how CBC works um, or Canadian broadcast television regulations work. But in England, it's like after 10 p.m., it's watershed, and you can then show way crazier shit because the right. kids have supposedly gone to bed. Right. And I think maybe that's what he's alluding to. Prime time's like 7 o'clock, and that's not, like, this would not Different kind work of prime, time. prime time. Yeah. Well, you were, like, trying to find, like, meaning in this story, trying to, like, search for some uh, message to take away from it. <clears throat> you need to remember that there is an entire monologue in the middle of the story where he tells you exactly what to take from it and gives you incredibly clear advice. But we don't remember yeah. any of it, do we? And that's, no, that's, I think, let's talk about that. Um, and this is, I think... What, 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 what part was that? It's the part where they're fucking and the, the writer guy is, like, giving a, advice on how to comport himself, basically, and how to become uh, famous. And which I don't, I, I don't know, it just seems rather transparent to me. It's a, it's a star-fucking fantasy. It's just a star-fucking fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, Well, yeah. no, I think that's, <laughs> I think you Because the first on... half of the story is just him mooning over how popular and how, and how great this guy is and how rare this opportunity he has must be and how just excited he is, and then they fuck. Well, usually well, that's star that's, fucking, right? That's star fucking. And and what's wrong with that? It's it's. 
I mean, I think that's perfectly legit for a pulp story in your terminology. I don't know, it just doesn't have any start. That's but that's a fetish for a lot of people. That's something that's, I don't know that's because I always thought the impression was when you when you when you meet someone that is you are that you idolize but you don't know personally, you're mm-hmm. always almost always uh, disappointed or surprised. And I don't think that necessarily segues to fucking. Right, Does that but that's sense? the point of a fantasy, though, isn't it? No, I'm just saying... In real life, it wouldn't segue this is, this is my opinion. Okay. This is my opinion. I'm saying this is why this disconnects with me. This is okay. why the star fucking fantasy just flies over my head, and I don't, I, I don't get it. Uh, I'd want the, the guy to have some other discernible quality. It's not like he can't be famous and be hot. He has to have some other kind of uh, attractive quality that I, I, I'm intrigued by, other than the fact that he just kind of has a rather tremendous following. Did you notice? Well, it, it, it's kind of interesting because in a lot of, I feel like in a lot of stories where there's, you know, as you put it, star fucking, um, there's always kind of this trait that it kind of humanizes them, you know, that not ex- or it's like makes them not exactly what they seem, but there was no. There was it no... makes them seem common but exceptional at the same time. Yeah. Because it emphasizes the fact that they're not famous and they're not significant, but at the same time they're crossing this bridge over to this kind of uh, popular realm. And you know, I think and, I, I think I kind of get the fantasy. It just doesn't snap with me. I, and that's legit. I mean, if it doesn't work for you, I actually really understand that because you're, you know, I think kind of philosophically a bit of an anarchist and, and you know, and, and an anti-hierarchical person. So I understand that absolutely coming from you. Um, but I think a lot of evidence. people are really, you know, into this sort of thing. I mean, if you look on other sites, their whole category is on porn sites for celebrities or people who yeah, look like true. celebrities or people who mm-hmm. write as if they're having... Sex with a or celebrity. people who so are presented very, as being the celeb- celebrities, even though they're clearly not. Yeah, I think it's mm. very popular for a lot of people. So I, I can understand where you're coming from, but I think it's fairly common, uh, or it's too common to be. That's true. I hadn't thought. Of, I thought I hadn't thought of how common this must be because I have seen so much stuff like that. But I guess yeah. it just again. Well, and even think about furry me. celebrities. I mean, they're definitely kind of uh, hallmark characters that artists. I'm thinking in particular oh, have okay. created. So, but so, and and some artists I know charge, you know, purposely now charge double or triple their normal commission rate to have your character with their famous, you know, fictional character (laughs) or more. And so there's sex with a totally fictional, totally made up. You know, this person just drew this thing. You know, totally made up character, and everybody wants to have sex with. That was going to be well, actually my follow-up yeah, Chester question. the Ringtail. Chester or... the Ring. I know Fuzz is a good friend of mine, and he, you know, was awesomely excited to get a commission of Chester the Ringtail with his character, and it's awesome. <laughs> so, yeah, there you go. I think, so I think that parallels, I think it's something that people can see and relate to. Yeah, um, I suppose so. Yeah. But I was going to say, like, how much of that celebrity uh, aspect is a part of furry? I mean, to what degree do you think furries are influenced by the sense that this guy's popular? Well, I think... Because I, I would think it would be not as much because furries are fucking nerds. They should well, present it. Well, here's something. I'm actually going to uh, pull on an observation my sister told me one time. Uh, who And she goes to... You know, she came out to Rocky Mountain for a day. And, and she she's done anime con. She does cosplay. 
Um, and she's actually been in Japanese cosplay magazines, you know, photos of her. So she's pretty awesome. She, she does sewing and stuff and costumes. Uh, anyway, career-wise. Cool. And so she was telling me, she said, you know, one thing I think is very interesting. She says that cosplays, people are portraying fictional characters that somebody else created. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, it's a character from, you know, Ranma or, you know, Cowboy Bebop or but whatever. But like a, a real but said, representation furry, of Furry, you know, people doing fursuits, usually, and he said not not always, obviously, but she said usually these are characters that that person has come up with themselves. Or, or you know, if they're drawing, that's something that they have come up with on their own. And so there is a, she said, it's more democratic in terms of the creativity and how it's acted out than an anime uh, convention or group is because hmm. you you don't really you don't have like a set selection yeah of characters that you, you have and to you said it's from. more creative people are being more creative because they're coming up with right there aren't these models and so there are I the think, professional suit makers that you know do this for mm-hmm. a living right mm-hmm. but they'll kind of work with people and come up with design they're not all reproducing it's not like oh i turned up 15 identical anubis you right. know, whatever, last year. You know, or 15 or Fox number 83. You know, <laughs> yeah. I did 20 of those. And everybody wants to be Fox number, Fox number 83. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so Murray. Uh, so, no, Fox I think you're 69. right. I think it's, it's, it's a kind of, it's a fetish that is very common. But I think you're right in that it may not be as common in furry circles or the furry community no, I'm as saying it's it might exceptionally be common. in others. I, I, I'm thinking to a degree it might pervade it just because, I mean, most of the characters you know that you immediately think of are the popular ones. I mean, can you think of uh, any characters on top of your head that you're just really totally devoted to that just nobody else knows about? I don't, know. I, I don't think I usually read books here. just because they're popular in terms of... But do these characters get brought back? Do they, like, are, are there uh, more pieces of them? Uh, because they're, if they're not an, as as popular a character, they're not as likely to be reproduced generally. Well, I guess I mean one thing like I'd say is you know I think I've mentioned before like because when we read Elf Sternberg's story with Aiden the Skunk, is I have a huge thing for Aiden the Skunk. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody do. Um, I mean, obviously a lot of people read him, but I don't know if I've ever seen any fan art or anything of Aiden the Skunk. Mm. So I don't know if that's. You know, if he as a character is popular. But even then, what I can definitely nail you on is you know all the history of all the very popular and success, successful furries, and especially the writers. Because <laughs> you will go on forever and ever and ever about which ones were doing what at what time. And that's definitely a, a, a bit of celebrity to it. Mm-hmm. We might not think of them as being, uh, like, certainly not popular within the yeah. furry community, because the writers aren't, you don't get any kind mm-hmm. of uh, spotlight, really. But it's. What I'm saying is, don't don't furries like fucking a recognizable character? It seems like you've gone kind of full circle on this one. Yeah, I have. Damn. You started out saying, "Oh, I don't get this," and now you're like, "Oh, well, everybody wants to do this." <laughs> I just want to fuck a recognizable character. Damn no, it, right? no. I'm just saying, it is. It, I don't know. It, it, that turns me off about it, though. I've been feeling mm-hmm. less furry lately. Really, mm-hmm. I that know, I might I be gay. That? I think that's a. I think that's a. I don't know. I think that's an overgeneralization. I think it appeals to a lot of people, but I don't think it's more pervasive or less pervasive. I think it's probably less pervasive and furry than other things. I see. What about when Emma, a writer or author, reaches a certain amount of, uh, let's say, artistic credibility that they have the mm-hmm. following that mm-hmm. they then decide to 
adapt to some other non-artistic purpose. Mm-hmm. Such as maybe they just wanted to use that venue for, uh, let's say, uh, espousing their uh, political beliefs. <laughs> Who would um, we be talking about? No. Um, <laughs> can you give us an example? <laughs> right. What I, I guess, where are you going with this? I, I mean, what's... I, I, I think, point. you know, there's, there's, you know, greater questions about celebrity and, and notability. Um, and, you know, I mean, we have to be fair that, you know, being a celebrity could give you more sexual access than it would otherwise. Rather but I think we also have about. to be fair that if you're going for, oh, yeah, I'm a free celebrity, like, it's still a little sad in some ways, too. Or if that's like your yeah, big thing. Like if that's what you're going for, that's what I'm it's saying. Like that's it. what I'm saying exactly. Is if you're going for this, I want to be a furry celebrity. I want to be a popular furry. Mm-hmm. That's pretty sad because I mean, like, what it's, does it, it's, what does it amount I mean, to? It's, really? it's getting to be a bigger pond all the time. It's not a very big pond, and I don't think that should be the end all of anything. I mean, I don't think we need to have Paris Hiltons in the furry world who are celebrities who exist for the sake of being celebrities. You know, if it reaches I luckily don't think I've happen, met any of anybody that I would classify like it's that. Just sort of being an independently just popular, right? Without, without actually do, working on anything or doing anything. Luckily, I don't feel I've met anybody that falls into that category. So. Oh, okay. Um, I hope we don't reach. That. I'm sure we. I'm sure you're right. I'm sure we all at some point. But I, I have not met anybody who is who seems to exist just to be a celebrity. I know. I just my skin crawls from social climbing. That's all. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so isn't that cool. what it feels like he's trying to do in the story? Is just social climb by fucking this guy? And he's okay. like, he's, he, he's thinks it's going to be his big break. I, know. I mean, He thinks it's going to be his big break and he's going to, you know, become a big shot at the star. A uh, big shot at the uh, network. If he can fuck this guy. But if he can fuck this guy I think camera. that's a very kind of common sexual fantasy, though. I mean, there's a lot of conflation uh, sometimes between sexual fantasy and success. Or success at work even gets conflated. I mean, that's why there's stories of... Right, people fucking their way to the top as porn <laughs> stories, um, or you know, you know, people like, oh yeah, I like to read about, you know, we had we got locked in the elevator at work and you know, just nailed the hell out of each other, and people right. like that, and that's arousing, and so I think there is this kind of conflation, and you know, part of it is, you know, our our society, part of its genetic programming of you know, success leads to sex, and. I yeah, like office so sex. I, I no, no, I like that. I like sex. <laughs> <laughs> I do like you sex. now? I do, do you know? Now. I like office Sounds sex. Like a story. <laughs> I like sex in the in the work environment. Mm-hmm. I just don't. But that's what this is. It's, it's he, just because it's not putting it toward a very particular purpose. I don't know. But that's what everybody's doing uh, with office sex. I will uh, note. I will note though that he is actually really excited that it's going to be his big break before he even thinks about having sex. With, yes, uh, with that's true too. He's excited, and then they happen to have sex. He's still stargazing. I think it's interesting. Well, yeah, and I think that's okay. I think it's pretty common. Um, Well, do you think that um, it it would have mattered whether he was a a writer or anything else, or do you think it was just the fact that he was a celebrity? No, again, what I'm saying is, okay, I'm I'm great with with the guys popular. I've written stories where uh, somebody hooked up with a, a celebrity before, actually. I'm saying there's nothing independently about the guy that makes me attracted to him. I mean, just think about how the author is written himself <laughs> does 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 he appeal to you aside from the fact that he has this uh supposed authority to him as just a person well he does seem a little bit more real like he sort of re- mm-hmm. recognizes his own faults and mm-hmm. or his own flaws and what he's good at at mm-hmm. some points 
Well, and here I'm wondering if the story, like I said, because it's so over the top, because, and this may be going beyond the atten- intention of the author, I may be reaching here, and oh, I admit terrible. that, um, but we do that periodically. So I was reading this thing the other night where this observation about glam rock, and so I want to share that with you. Um, and this is, this is by uh, Philip Sanderford. Uh, so, and I was kind of thinking about the title of this story, and it conjures an image, and then, you know, which is Fox News and conservative and parochial, and then we go out and we have gay sex on television. Right. And so I think glam rock, similarly, is part about taking the opulence of conspicuous consumption and rearranging it into the wrong aesthetic. It's all over the top excess of the luxury associated with power and authority, except it's all put together pointlessly and haphazardly. It revels in decadence and consumption while denying the systems that ostensibly justify that behavior in society. So I was thinking, like a very efficient here, is a, here is a story... It's Fox News, and that immediately conjures a reputation and an image in your mind of what that represents. Right. And then they proceed to, you know, go to an interview, which gets very weird and haphazard and silly, you know, out of order. And they proceed to have gay sex on tape, presumably to go out and, you know, to on a live audience, you know, on prime time, During prime time. which is a very... You know, as much as he is doing this thing of opulence and consumption, which would be, you say, sleeping his way to the top, he's sleeping, you know, he's having gay sex to sleep his way to the top, and he's violating who knows how many laws to do so, we can kind of say, <laughs> for taking to that run. And, and so this is, a de- yeah. this is a destabilizing kind of flip of what we expect this is sort of it ends up sort of being an anti-fox news and the fact that he's sleeping with a writer instead of you know a writer instead of a movie star i think says a lot to this narrative as well because this is the anti you know this is the you know it's a celebrity but in some ways it's an anti-celebrity because it's a you know it's not a movie star it's not a celebrity is the internet celebrity I don't know about that. I don't know. I think, I mean, writers are celebrities, but it's not a celebrity in the same way, like, you know, George Clooney is a celebrity, or Oprah is a celebrity. I mean, right. it's, it's, you know, it, it's, it's because it's on TV and it's not a TV person, or because it's on TV and it's not a movie person, and I think, and so there's, there's, a, there's a struggle, there's a fight, I think, sometimes, between the realms of TV and, and the written word. Right. Or at least that's kind of how the narrative pilot Fox News, especially, we would not associate with you know learning in the written word, and so there's it's this juxtaposition that happens that this is a celebrity and they end up having gay sex on it, and that's a destabilizing influence on what we would think of as a Fox News narrative. Yeah. So it's kind of just a completely altered reality, almost. Right, it's, and that's why I think you have to jump in. Is is you? It, the story is completely over the top and crazy and once you accept that it works if you don't accept that so it's not gonna you work say that you. if you accept that it works you mean that it works in making for like a sexy story it was this like really hot to you okay this, this is i think the other part of the story that we're kind of getting into is we have this interlude where right we have this discussion where the, the fox being interviewed imparts his wisdom upon right. our, our, our correspondent. This is, I think, it's 
maybe the most interesting thing as as well. I just laid out this great you know counterculture argument. Yeah, the first but I, I don't know. This, if I, thought, is I, did, I need to suggest this to Skip because mm-hmm. Skip will like this monologue. That's what I thought. That's what I think. I mean, I think in some ways it's the most interesting thing being attempted in the story, and I feel this is why the story has been written. Right. Like so that it was I a setup take, for this model. Was a setup for this kind of discussion, and it, it's a clever. I think this is what needs. It's a clever idea, you know. As Ronnie, I think, sat down, and this is you know, without talking with him about it, because I specifically said I wouldn't talk to you about it, Ronnie. Uh, but I think, you know, that's why the story is written is to have this discussion about, you know, here's how to be a better writer and editor, and that's a boring discussion. So let's write a story around it so people read this so instead of it just being like a rant about, mm-hmm. or not a rant or a journal like, post on fa yeah, right <laughs> you're, you're kind of ensconcing in something that is also entertainment and also mm-hmm. makes it or visual makes it visual and better. isn't that ultimately the goal of fox news media channel <laughs> to take that ideological little bit of of, of nougat ah. and to wrap it within just that pure yeah. entertainment that is just so easy to understand and like think, and appreciate. Well, there's, I think you have a valid point there. So um, maybe what I really don't like about this story is how he's trying to force this monologue and this very didactic speech on mm-hmm. us. Well, I think that's, you know, this is what I applaud that he is going for this idea. I think it's an interesting idea. I don't think it's entirely successful. Um, I think it does kind of break up the rhythm of the story. It doesn't work in perfect. It doesn't work as dirty talking. It doesn't work as dirty talk. That's the problem. Yeah, I think so. I think it's an incredibly difficult thing to do. I mean, offhand, I'm not sure right now sitting here how you would pull that off 100% successfully. Um, And maybe you have more, uh, more ideas on that as a writer. Um, as an editor, I'm sitting here being, I'm not sure how I could pull that off completely successfully. Um, so, and I don't think it does. I think it does break the flow of the story. As you said, it's not hot. And so we kind of, it kind of, it feels like a different part of the story. And it's, it's obvious, maybe that's the problem, is that it's obvious that it's a different part of the story with a different agenda you know, maybe from the rest of the story, to give us this, you yeah. know, sounds, good information. Good I'm not pulling game. out things to the information, but saying it doesn't blend well enough. Um, and I'm not sure how one would. Is it because it's a, a dash of realism in that sea of absurdism you were ah, trying to talk about? Because all of a sudden, let's, let's... I like let's that. I really like that. I really let's like peer that. through this and make sense of things for a minute. I really like that. I think maybe that's it. Maybe that's the tone of the rest of the story is kind of this, you know, inversion of Fox News, this absurdist, you know, let's go extreme to the opposite. And then we have this interlude, which all of a sudden is a kind of more serious, realistic discussion. And it doesn't harmonize with the rest of the story because I think you may have a point there. The pulp isn't hot. All the same... What I'm well, saying it was is, up to that point, it was. was it? Yeah, I think it was. Mm, wasn't turning my crank. Well, you were, you're not into the particular fetish that it's targeted at. True. So that's True. that's a legit thing for you to say. But I think it would fair enough to say it would turn other people's cranks. I'm sort of looking at it from an outside perspective. I, mm-hmm. It doesn't necessarily do it for me either. But it, I can sort of look at the thing. And be like, yeah, that, I could see why that would be hot. Yeah, absolutely. So I think. I well, I applaud what compare, he's let's doing. Let's compare this back just to the, the, the story we read last time, mm-hmm. where like you can see something. Oh yeah, I can see how that would be hot. 
mm-hmm. but it's it's not like quite anywhere near like the connection you make from a distant point of view yeah. as in hawk wolf story where he well, kind of really sets up a very vivid and detailed personal relationship between two people mm-hmm. in a believable world that mm-hmm. allow that kind of really transports you to a different line of thought well, i don't I think, think a I monologue said, right. on tape does i that. think i said last week that Hawkwell's story is one that I would give to somebody who's like, I don't get why you like BDSM. I don't understand it. I would give them a story like Hawkwolf's story right. because I think it explains it. I don't think a story does that. Um, you know, explaining, say, celebrity things. I don't think it sets out to particularly either. And you can just do a pulp story. You certainly have done pulp stories that are, you know, her two bearers fucking. And, and that's okay, without yeah. explaining why two bears fucking are great. But I think, sure. you know, I can understand the, the critique you're making there. And the story doesn't, you know, set out to kind of explain why. And it doesn't, if you're not into, maybe here's the thing, if you're not into this particular fetish, it doesn't pull you in yeah. if you're not already there. And that, that does and sound Hawk accurate. Story, I just never I think, felt really you in if you were there already. And the thing is, I read this story the first time. Mm-hmm. And I guess, I don't know, maybe I, I was just kind of tired. I thought it was all right. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I thought you would like it. I thought mm-hmm. the concept was yeah. fun. But on a second reading, just completely fell flat. Huh. See, I, I disagree with it. And that. I think it was just because all of a sudden, like, I, I saw all the, the parts kind of mm-hmm. come together. And it wasn't quite well, as fanciful. Well, here's the thing. I like, I mean, I really applaud what Ronnie is trying to do here. And that's what I think is kind of the neatest thing about this story is he's trying to do... You know, he's trying to get this message across. He's trying to do something that we haven't seen before. Certainly on this show. Um, I I can't remember anything else not, yeah, we've never done where I've read before. it. Um, where I've read a story. And I've seen, you know, maybe the closest thing is, I suppose, you know, people kind of do like how to draw this or whatever, you know, and kind of do sexy drawings of, you know, their guidance. Usually how to draw, you know, dragon cock or something like that. I mean, well, let's be honest here. <laughs> okay. Uh but we haven't seen that in that I can remember in a written word form in this way, you know, or taking somebody that somebody's already going to enjoy looking at a reading and then making it instructional as well. Um, other than you know, just like art, we you can all pre- kind you of appreciate learn that from it's that. didactic, and I dislike that it's didactic. That's what it is. But really. I like what he's trying to do. That's what I'm saying. I said I don't think it works, but I like that he's trying to do it, and I think that's important. What is he trying to do? Really? He's trying to. You I mean he's trying to impart knowledge? He's trying right. to teach about the craft of writing, and that's cool because mm. we haven't seen that. I haven't seen anybody else doing that, and somebody's trying to set out to do that in a more artistic way, and I applaud that. Mm. So you think Ronnie's? You think it's a good thing for Ronnie to be giving advice in his pulp stories, just to just to disseminate it, just to disseminate the advice to people? Yeah. See, I mean, the advice he gave isn't bad advice in general. And, uh, you know, yeah, I don't see, I don't see a problem with it. And people could take it or leave it. I think it's important that he's trying to do it. And like I said, it's a structure and it's a form that we haven't seen before. And I think that's important to do too. Um, you know, one of the things that we're still a very, the furry writing community is still a growing one. Um, we're growing more quickly now than we had, I think, for many years. But it means in part a way that we see a lot of the same kinds of stories again and again. Mm-hmm. Um, we've talked about that, and I think by the nature, we see a lot of fantasy stories. We see a lot of fi- sci-fi stories. We see a lot of life in high school stories. We see a lot of stories where people fuck. 
right, we see a lot of stories where people fuck. But, you know, we have kind of these very common sort of tropes that play out. And here's something that's doing something different. And I'm really in favor of getting more stories in that do something different, you know, and stories that, you know, just, you know, say, well, this isn't what I'm used to reading. That's fine. Um, and I think this is very important because of that. And I, that's one of the reasons I wanted, when you said, let's read this, this I said, yeah, let's read this. I do think it was a good story to read, though. Good yeah. story to discuss, at any rate, because, I mean, it's 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 fun to talk about. Mm-hmm. Star fucking is, like, nothing else. Like, because people like to complain yeah. about celebrities. People yeah. don't like to worship celebrities or complain about them. Right. And you're a complainer. I like to complain about the celebrities. <laughs> Sorry. So, yeah, I think it was it was good for us to read. And, and like I said, I think that, you know, maybe, and, and Ronnie can let us know or something, but I don't know. Let's see if I was projecting too much in this sort of story as alternative narrative glam rock thing i hope so because it's so over the top i think that's exactly what ronnie was thinking at the time (laughs) i don't know i'm sure he wasn't thinking glam rock particularly but that's how i you know i thought that was a good metaphor and and a way to get into how i was reading the story and that it's so over the top and so ridiculous that you have to read it that way and i liked it because of that i mean i i like the playfulness of it um, in that regard when when i started listening to it i thought it was it was like, I got, I got into the mood, it was like fun. You know, it was yeah. just a fun little story. And, yeah. And when I got to the, sort of what was like the moral or like the, mm-hmm. the kernel of knowledge, I was like, oh, it's not all fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> felt kind of sad. And I, I almost, like, oh. right, I, I, I feel like I It's like, like that I feeling said, when you realize you've been watching a PSA the whole damn time. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> and then you're like, oh. So like I said, I, I don't think he, he got there. I like that he tried to go there. It's definitely a good um, idea. And it's a good idea. And so Isn't that what I say about every anti-smoking commercial? It's a really good idea, but no, this isn't going to make I, the kids what not I'd smoke. Say, you know, what I'd say to Ronnie is, you know, don't, don't let this go necessarily. You know, keep thinking about, okay, how would I, how could I do this better? How would you improve it then? I don't know. I mean, this is the kind of thing, like I said, I don't know how, you, how I would do what he set out to do here specifically. Um, well, one, I'd have him turn sure. the camera off. Yeah. Two, like, if, they, if they were just to have like a, a more personal, intimate... But you're moment. making it more realistic, so you're you're con- no. You can still keep the, keep the absurdity. I mean, like maybe they um are in a highly public area. Or I mean, I almost like feel I like you, do you divorce the two. I don't know if it. I don't know if the messages imparting works in this type of story. I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what we got to with the the two parts feel very unharmonious. Yeah, it's a very together. jarring moment. When so I think maybe you're right, as you said, and you said, "Oh, it's fun," and then it's not fun. So maybe this doesn't belong in this absurdist story. So rather than doing that, rather than change, so either right, either you change the story to be less absurdist, and I don't like that. I like the absurd. That's my favorite part of this story. So I don't want to change that. So okay, then what do I do? I put this information in a more serious story, maybe. Possibly. Or find some way, or a to... more realistic, or you know, great historian somehow, and so so you just fit want to keep it in the that. tone uniform. That's all, right? So I think you might have to change. You know, rather I, I like I like the you know crazy part of the story, so I'd leave that and take this part out of the crazy story, and then maybe I'd try to put this in some other story. So maybe in your story they would fuck, but maybe just go, oh, 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 yeah, that's so good. It's like every the story you've time. ever written. Yep. That's like every story mm, you have mm, ever written. Mm, mm. Yeah, oh, That is God. the complete tunes in two paragraphs. 
That's all you need. Just reprint it. Like just control C, control V. It's the complete. You just change the species each time you write a story. I don't even think just about the species. Just cut and paste it. Like I could replace probably, all bear with otter. I could probably program something to just say just go into my story and put random references to some form of animal. Yeah, and now it'll make it a furry story. And then you're like, oh, it's the same story I released three times last year. No, you yep. don't want to be doing that, man. You got to keep it fresh. I could just, I could just <laughs> sure. see somebody like have the species switch, and nobody notice. It. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> um, I don't know. I think that's. Do we have any more things we want to say about this story? I'm glad we read it. It was a good pick. Well, I was. I was actually. I, you. You said you did. Wouldn't know how. Um, like to make it change. Mm-hmm. I could. I yeah. could see sort of something where. He, there's sudden like the absurdity suddenly breaks. Like there's some mm-hmm. for like like somebody walks in and like reports them or something very mm-hmm. out of something to jar it before the cold water. Oh, interesting. Because then suddenly, so what if more they realism. get like sent to jail? Say, yeah, and they're sitting all of a sudden. They're no longer fucking on the couch on TV. They're sitting in a jail cell, and he says, "So how do you get to be a writer? You know that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing, right?" Well, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, that could work too. You should rewrite the story. But it's 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 part. You're right. It's I think story. if we're having this abrupt switch in tone, we need something. We need a a corresponding break in the action. Mm-hmm. There needs to, uh, just a change that's in tone, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I like that. It's good. We should, we should keep them around. <laughs> it's useful. Uh, let's oh, see. Anything you else you guys wanted to bring up? Uh, no, I had a couple of things. I don't get. Okay. When I'm going to bring up those bitches at work. Right, right. Yeah, he's been having problems at work. I'm waiting to hear on no, the job no, offer. Um, okay, so I'm browsing so furry, as, as is my want. Right. Just just researching, of course. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> um, for the podcast, of course. But, okay, so if you filter. Like MF, right? Oh, like of over half, which I know you never do, but anyway. Right. Um, like, I swear, currently over half the stories are human slash something, you know whatever. Really? Yeah, and you don't get that in gay stories. Like occasionally really? you'll have a human in there. Like out of ten, maybe one will be a human. But I swear it's like six out of ten or something right now. Let's look at the, the breeders. Most popular yeah. stories. I don't know why, and, and so readers, if you have an insight, maybe you are a, a heterosexual type person, uh, oh, like you know, or, <laughs> is that your head voice? I do appreciate the pussy. Oh, quite, quite. Indeed. Indeed. Get your mouth. Oh, yes, I can see every tip with the monocle. Yeah. Uh, so I, I kind of, and it was weird to me though, like why are all these head stories, why is it human something else, and, and what does that, what does that mean? I guess that's my other Straight question. people like, fucked up is what it means. Oh, oh, dude. Well, Sorry, I got my opinion. Dude. It might have to do with something with like having the kid, having kids that are anthropomorphic, you know, and like. Yeah, I don't know if they're usually usually impregnation story. I should look and see how many of them also have impregnation tags on them Mm -hmm. as well. But I don't think most of them did. I could, I'd have to go back though. That was going on a limb there. But I want to. No, what's a good one? I I mean, is it like our straight stories? Is it more the author? I mean, I assume that it usually seems like a guy and an animal, gross person. 
Animal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I said that before person. you said. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yes, I was collecting my thoughts. So. Yeah, well, no, some of them are shorter. like okay. Some of them are like Pokemon and stuff. So I don't know where you draw the line there. But anyway, <laughs> are those more animals than people? But anyway, you know, is that is that like? I mean, do I do I you know infer that it's more you know, the author projecting themselves or I don't know? It just seems it seems like more nakedly the author if your character is human in a furry story or if the that protagonist is human in a furry story. And what does that mean if in straight stories that the author uh, more directly puts themselves in the narrative? Maybe it just means all the straight a... furries are lonely. Hmm. They just don't, well, you know, yeah, find harder to find somebody. It's harder to find somebody in the community. That's how, true. how many straight fairy ladies are there? Yeah, well, that's true. Um, or maybe it's that. Ah, maybe the gay furry authors are already comfortable wearing a disguise. Ha, that's oh, true. I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I mean, they're already comfortable with you know trying to look like other things to blend in. Because yeah. that's what they've had to do for, you know, when they were growing up. So it's no stretch for them to, you know, their protagonist in Assume the story is a guys. furry. Yeah. This is how I don't know, I, I'd like to see, I'd like to see what, uh, I'd like to see what, and so it's the furries who are insecure, I'd actually say in that way. Or the gay guys who are insecure. The gay furries because they're dressing up. But you yeah. said you love dressing up, like, with the, the furry yeah. uh, avatars. You think yeah. that's, that's great? I think it's cool. But I think it's interesting. Yeah, I think it's cool. No, I'm just. I'm you're just making a fursuit, aren't you? Aren't you making a fursuit? I'm thinking about it. Yeah, you're thinking about, about making a fursuit. Fur. Yeah. I'm making a fursuit, man. Come on, why not? I know. I need Do to. I, I, you know what? I can't get over it is the head freaks me out. Like it why? makes me nervous because I don't want a derpy head. So just like I want one. a good looking head. So I just got to make one. I think Bun's really good at making fursuits. Right. Um, and he's done a couple, you know, and like been paid and stuff. So he's. I mean, I know that's down, but I haven't done a head or anything. So I'm a little. The head's mostly that. sculpting, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's, yeah, and, like, foam and stuff, so that's what makes me nervous, you know, I can cut and measure things, but that's a little more artistic. I like the but I don't, I don't want to be like, oh, my God, did you see that otter with the face? Well, you know the one. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Like, because that is not what I will be doing with that otter with that face. Hasbro's no going to show up and take that face right. away. Yeah. <laughs> Don't want to be that guy. Just gonna, somebody's gonna hang a sensor bar on your face. Yeah, or like just saying, like, why is he blurred out in all the pictures? At the con? But do you want to go? You want to go suiting at a con, basically? Yeah, that'd be cool. See, I like a fursuit hunting at a con. Yeah. And that involves making the fursuiters talk when they don't want to. Oh, see, I talk. I'm not one of these not Aww. talk. I'm not one of these old school. So you see less and less of that nowadays. I think. Ruining the magic. Kind yeah, of. I think that. Well, that's an old. It's an old. You know where that comes from? Disney. Disney. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, them. why are we emulating fucking Disney guys? You fuck them. Yeah. Fuck so, them. guys talk. A homophobe? No, yeah. Well, Disney hated you know, fucking And Disney everybody. in general, I mean, they have, you know, they have gay days, and that's applaudable. Um, but, I mean, they're, you know, they're very buttoned down and stuff. And yes, this is one of these mascot roles, because obviously you can't have the person dressed up as Goofy speaking. And I think it was when people first started fursuiting, some of them had experience doing that. And like, oh, well, we'll just take rolls from Disney and you can't talk and it's like man it is really annoying in some ways to sit with a bunch of fursuiters who yeah, won't and talk. it implies that furries is, are mute 
which is yeah. Weird. No, I'm going right. You don't want to do that. We got to speak up for ourselves. So See, no, I definitely. So you're actually going, kind of with me. You I'm definitely first going. I'm definitely going with the fur, with the jaw. You know, the articulates, <laughs> and I can. I'm gonna fucking talk. That looks ridiculous. I mean, you they, know me. They are I pretty cool though. If, I, if done right, with oh, the jaw yeah, they are. No, I think the moving jaw looks ridiculous because Aww. it makes it look like a Chuck E. Cheese you're just a hater. animatronic. No, you're no, just no. Jelly. It makes it look like a Chuck E. Cheese animatronic, He's which just makes it creepy. I'm jelly of your fursuit. Yeah, I think so. My you fictional, go, my, my invented fursuit. My non-existent <laughs> fursuit. You're totally You should come jelly. fursuit hunting with me, and we'll make fursuiters okay. talk. No, I mean, I think most of them do nowadays, honestly. Or at least half. Yeah. I mean, if you went back five years ago, you'd have maybe 10% would talk. Now it's like half. I think in another five years, almost everybody's going to talk. Because it does really cramp down on your social. Or at least they'll talk when they're with other furs. They may not talk if they're walking around the street or something, but they'll talk with other furs, you know. So I think it, it really cramps your social life if you don't, if you're just like, you know, minding all the time. Yeah, you know, so being in a furs, you could really cramp your social life. You, do you might get, have a trauma issue there. You do get the folks with the squeakers, though. Yeah. The uh, squeakers? Have you ever have you seen oh, those? Yeah. They're, they like the take, you take the squeakers. The dog squeakers. Oh, squeaker, yeah. And they yeah, can speak yeah. through it. It is actually, yeah. one, of, one of my friends actually does that. It does sound kind of cool. See, I like, like, Dog Bombs Journal on if they ever read that one. Awesome guy. He lives in, like, Santa Monica or something. Else. They're one of those, you know, California cities with, like, piers. And basically, you know, every Friday or something, he puts on his fursuit and goes down bar hopping down it by does. the pier. And, you know, it has all these pictures, and he's a regular at the bars. And, like, they say, you know, the bartenders all look out for him and, you know, know what his regular drink is, and they give him a straw with his beer so he can drink it. And he talks to people, and they ask him, you know, what do you do? Are you a dog? And all these things. And he posts these great photos of people he's met and little stories about it. I love it. It's one of my favorite sites on F.A. So there's a little in, bump for In my opinion, on. a furry bar would be economically viable. Yeah. Especially if you were to carve out space that people could store their fursuits at mm. the venue yeah. and change into them there. Huh. So then you got your furry club with all your fursuiters there every night. A furry locker room? Yeah, right. basically. Uh, so. Sounds a little exclusive for me. It'd be a fur song. Any club that would have me in them. <laughs> and you could tie that in with fauna, like, that could be the name of the place. Fauna. <laughs> the fauna. No, no. Right, guys, well, uh, thank you for joining us tonight, Whistle. And see, we got thanks you to speak me. up. Yeah, yeah, all of a sudden, like, well, I'm not going to say anything. I surprised then... myself. <laughs> yep, absolutely. But we're a very, we're, we're a pretty relaxed group here, so I figured... We're chill. Shut up! <laughs> that wasn't your cue! I didn't <laughs> like your opinion. I didn't like either of your guys' opinions. Well, I like how when the last time we posted a photo, B-Hop was like... Where's the foam on the walls? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, this, this That's one, hilarious. This one's for you, B-Hop. <laughs> We're professionals. We are. Uh, so thanks for joining us, guys. Thanks for joining us, Toonses. Uh, we're going to watch you. an thanks episode of Doctor Who. Sure, I'll so, you. All right. Hell yeah. So anyway, we'll catch you guys next week. I think we got a story written by uh, White Yodi. I've already got it in, and so I'll be putting that up next week. And... We'll be back to discuss it in two weeks. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Arrivederci. Don't say it. <laughs> and that's how we're going to end it.